The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, special edition of PFT Live, PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, Black Friday edition. As we go through the remaining games for Week 12, 13 left between Sunday and Monday night. Christopher, because you kicked my butt last week in our head-to-head competition and against the spread and best bets, you get to drive the bus today. We don't even need to show the graphic. Oh, today. yes, we do. Please and don't. just to remind everybody, this is PFT, PM, and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Verizon. That's right, Verizon. We are sponsored here. We are kind of a big deal. Okay, this just in. And even a better show this week. Woo, baby, bring out the brooms. We got a sweep here. Woo, straight up. Sims wins against the spread. Sims wins. Best bet. Sims wins, Edith Florio. I get to drive the bus. You know what that means. We're going to drive a little crazy and fast when I get to drive. All right. <laughs> Here we have, go. Have you already started your usual Thursday night routine? Not, no, not yet. Tape this but today? it's coming right. later today. Don't you right. worry. Yes, it is. It's in full effect this weekend. Um, all right. And hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving out there. Here we go. Game First game of the day, 1 o'clock p.m. We got... You mentioned it on the show, Raheem Morris, Johnny Gruden. You know, Raheem replaced John Gruden in Tampa, was on that staff with him for a number of years. Vegas, favored by three points, on the road against the Atlanta Falcons, who were not looking great last week against the Saints, over under at 55 and a half. Mike, what do you think happens in this one? Yeah, I, I'm concerned about the possibility that the Raiders will let the one loss turn into two, as yeah, you like right. to say. The deflating loss to the Chiefs. They had them on the ropes. The Chiefs came back like the Chiefs tend to do with Patrick Mahomes. But I, I think that the Raheem Morris factor will be more than enough. We talked about this earlier in the week, the idea that John Gruden was fired by the Buccaneers at a time when Raheem Morris knew he was getting the job. Whatever term you want to use to describe it, Gruden will convince himself he got stabbed in the back. He's been waiting 10 years for this chance to go against Raheem Morris, and now he's got it, and he's going to stick it to him. I don't know that it's going to be a blowout. I'm comfortable saying Raiders 28, Falcons 20, although it may be uglier than that. It's enough for the Raiders to cover. I don't need to hit the score right on the head. I just need to pick the right team and the right margin for the purposes of the spread, and I'll be content to do that based on my performance recently. So give me the Raiders 28, Falcons 20. Yeah, well, I'm with you on a lot of what you said there. I mean, I do think there is a, you know, Gruden, my experience with him is he looks for anything, and something like that, uh, he will. He's going to say that to make himself mad and motivated. He's going to say that to his team just so they feel, you know, a, a little bit more of the magnitude of the game, you know, to make sure, yeah, like you're saying, they're not asleep at the wheel after a, a heartbreaking loss on Sunday night. But I really think it – I really think Sunday night in a lot of ways is going to be a positive for the Raiders. I think they're going to be officially going to go, okay, listen, we haven't got the respect. Everybody saw us. We're, we're a pretty damn good football team. We believe it. You know, the Chiefs had to play just about perfect to beat us. We played last week with COVID-19 issues and our defensive line not being able to be there. And then ultimately, just the Falcons and their defense is what really concerns me in this matchup. That's the biggest thing. The Raiders' offense is the real deal. They can beat you however they, however way they want to on a given week, depending on that matchup. And this is one of those weeks where I go... They can win either matchup. They could throw it on them or run it on them, and I just think that's a bad recipe for the Falcons. So I'm with you. Uh, not, not quite the same score, but 31-24 Raiders on the road. I think they win convincingly. All right, anything else you want to say about that one? No, I think we're good to go. I still have a concern 
I still have a concern. Yeah. There's going to be a little bit of a hangover. Yeah, I hear But you. I'm, willing, I'm willing to have faith in what we saw Sunday night and that the Raiders have – have ascended to a point where they should be a playoff team in the AFC. Yeah. If that's the case, they should be able to go to Atlanta and win. I, I think so. And, you know, and I, I, I'm playing that angle. I'm, I'm with you there. I think that it's going to be more of a positive, and here we go. All right. Points Bet Sportsbook. Forgot to mention them before the first one. They're setting all the lines here. We listen to them. You know, they are in charge of this one. And Pointsbook here has Chargers at the Buffalo Bills. My boy, Blue. And I do like me some Justin Herbert. I got to think of a nickname for him. Buffalo Bills favored by five and a half off the bye week at home over under at 53 and a half. What do you got the Bills winning by? I've got the Bills just by 10. 31-21 is what I'm going with. The last time we saw the Bills, they were losing in heartbreaking fashion to the Cardinals, but they've had two weeks to get ready for this one and they don't have to travel. The Chargers have to come to them on a kind of a crazy holiday week. The Chargers got a win last week. They can check the box and they can relax a little bit, although that may make them dangerous, right? The pressure's off a little bit. We didn't lose to the Jets. Now we can go take on the Bills and see what happens. They're good enough to beat the Bills if everything falls their way and they don't blow a lead if they can get one. But I think Buffalo sees the opportunity that it has with the Dolphins losing to the Broncos last week. The Bills have extra incentive to get the win, move toward a division title, their first since 1995 if they can do it. I think this is it. This is the time of the year where the Bills make their push to convince everyone that maybe they should be in the same conversation with the Steelers and the Chiefs at the top of the conference. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on a lot of those thoughts there. I am. Hey, the Chargers defense, it's a pretty solid unit. You know Justin Herbert's going to make some plays, and I would expect him to make some plays in this past game against the Bills, who, you know, are, are, are again, you know, not one of the greatest defenses we've seen, certainly. But I think ultimately – you know, how can you really pick the Chargers in a game like this? You know, the, the Chargers always find ways, no matter what, to kind of screw up a few moments of a football game that ultimately lead them to losing or something like that. So, you know, with that, the Bills have played pretty clean football throughout the year. Having the bye week, you know, too many weapons on the offensive side of the ball, I think ultimately for the Chargers defense to be able to depend on them to make play after play. And I just, um, yeah, I don't have faith in the Chargers. I think it'll be a lot of fun, big plays here by both of these big right arms. But I'm going to go with the Bills 34-24 to win this one. And, yeah, stay, like you're saying, at the top of that AFC race there as one of the better football teams. Buffalo's a legit playoff team. As we talked about on the show during the week, I'm not sure if I'm ready to say they're a Super Bowl contender, but I know they're a playoff team who could maybe win one game maybe two if the matchups fall right, and we'll see if they can improve on that down the stretch. Okay. Giants, the G-men. Uh, we got the Giants favored by five and a half at the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals, quarterback issues, Joe Burrow, you know, funeral this week, and I don't mean that literally. I just mean it's, man, that's a hard one to swallow your franchise out the rest of the year, the leader of your team, the energy of your team, maybe out next year too. Who knows where that goes? So I really feel for him and the Bengals over under at 43 and a half. Mike, do you got the Giants covering or not? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Brandon Allen at quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. And, and somebody pointed out, well, he's not as bad as you would think. Well, he was the number three guy. He wasn't even on the roster. He was on the practice squad, able for any other team to sign him to their active roster. And he was sitting there on the practice squad. Now he's on the active roster. Now he's going to be the starter. I just don't have any faith in the Bengals right now. And I do think that doom and gloom sets in. There's no reason to even try to win games at this point. Be as bad as you can. Mail it in the rest of the way and hope that you can get a high enough pick that maybe even you get a pick that you can trade out of to somebody who wants a quarterback and get extra picks and try to make your offensive line better. Devote every draft pick next year to offensive linemen. That should be their number one priority. And if they do that, then maybe when they get Joe Burrow back, he'll stay healthy for a while. But, yeah, the Bengals are done. The Giants had two weeks to get ready. The Giants are playing for something. Giants 20, Bengals 9. Wow. Well, write that over again. I have the, the Giants 20, the Bengals 9, oddly enough. How did we come up with that number? I don't know. I just think it'll be, you know, I think we're both seeing the same type of game. Yeah, the Giants offense is not something special, 
but they've shown a little balance lately, and they've come alive. I mean, Jason Garrett has figured out a way to throw the football, run the ball effectively. They have that Mark Colombo situation. We know new offensive line coach there and, you know, Dave DeGuglielmo, who's a really damn good coach. I got a lot of faith in Joe Judge and the coaching staff, too, with that bye week, like you said, and a new quarterback in Cincinnati. Come on. And the Giants' defense has been playing damn good football. So, you know, from that standpoint, I don't, it's a no-brainer. It might not be pretty or fun to watch, but the Giants win convincingly. All right, here we go. One of the games of the day at 1 o'clock, one of the games of the day or the weekend in general. I mean, we got two 7-3 football teams that I feel like are really getting no attention in this matchup this week, oddly enough. It's the Titans at the Colts. Colts favored by 3.5, over under at 51.5, and, and we know the Colts won just a few weeks ago 34-17 to on Thursday Night Football, but a little misleading. You've pointed it out a few times. Special teams miscues really hurt the Titans that night. Do you think Titans get revenge tonight, Mike, or this week? You know, even though I would want to favor the home team in a situation like this, this is different. Yes, the Colts will have 12,000, 13,000 people there, but it's not the same as a regular home field advantage, and the Titans know what they let squander a couple of Thursdays ago. They know what the stakes are of this game. They can't afford to be swept by the Indianapolis Colts. I talked to A.J. Brown about it after the win over the Ravens. Looking forward to it, happy to have the opportunity to get another crack at the Colts. They know what happened last time, and getting that win over the Ravens in between makes them even more dangerous. I've got Titans 24 Colts 20. It could go either way. It will not be a best bet. I'm thinking about the under as a potential best bet, but I've stayed away from the over-unders this year. I just have never had a really strong feeling about any of those over-unders, which means they're doing a good job of setting the line. So I'm going to go Titans 24, Colts 20. Final answer, but I won't be surprised if the Colts win. Yeah, well, you're right. It's a coin flip type of football game. It is, and it's you know a battle of wills when you talk about Derrick Henry and that running game versus that Colts front seven, which is third best in football at stopping the run, second best defense in football overall. I mean, there's a lot to like about them. Yes, uh, it's not easy to start stop Derrick Henry, and you know, the Titans offense, we saw the passing game can can carry them in moments. They kind of sputtered out a little bit the first time. But, you know, Arthur Smith as an offensive coordinator with Tannehill, I mean, they always seem to have the right answers and things like that. I have a hard time thinking that they won't make some proper game plan adjustments to attack them a little differently this time. You know, the other side of the ball with the Colts, you know, on offense, the one thing I worry about the Colts with, It's just them becoming too pass-happy. And if you become a little too pass-happy against the Titans, the Titans got a lot of cool coverages and things they can do once they feel like you get into, you know, a little bit of predictable football. Oh, the Ravens are running too much? Okay, we can figure that out. Oh, the Colts are passing too much? Oh, we can figure that out. If the Colts will run the ball and can do it effectively, I think they can win the football game. But I haven't seen them be patient enough or stubborn enough with that for me to really trust that. And I don't trust Phillip Rivers if he becomes a little pass happy. So I'm kind of with you. I have the same thoughts. I'm just playing here that it's a really close football game. I got a little more faith in Vrabel and the Titans and Arthur Smith to make the adjustments. I trust Tannehill a little bit more than Phillip Rivers. And because of that, and like the things you said, I'm going with the Titans winning on the road too, 27-21. Man, I didn't think you would do that one. I thought you would go with the Colts and like try to overcorrect yourself from the last game. Um, but so far, we don't have any disagreements, and I was scared we were going to have a lot of disagreements, and we might, you might be able to gain some ground on me. So, all right. I'm down 15. I'm not going to try to catch you. Yeah, you well. Can, you can take the category I don't care about. Best bets is the only one I care about because that's the one I'm leading in. That's the most important <laughs> one. Because I'm leading in it. Oh, that's good. Sorry. Well, I want to beat your ass in that too, okay? That's what I'm trying to do. All right. Here we go. Uh, Where the heck am I here? Okay. We're in Cleveland. Browns. We're Cleveland, and we do believe Lind here in the show. We do believe Lind in the Cleveland. They are favored by six and a half against the Jaguars, who are fighting to be the worst team in football, over under 49. Mike? Cleveland, they don't fall into a trap here, right? You think they dominate this game or what? Mike Glennon is starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Not Gardner Minshew the second or 
the other guy. Luton Jake. Luke, or Jake Luton. Luke, Luke <laughs> Jayton. Jake Luton, Gardner Minshew, the second, the second. He isn't starting either. It's Mike Glennon this week. I'll take the Browns 24 to 13. The Browns win the games they're supposed to win. It's not pretty. It's methodical. It's systematic. It gets done. I feel bad for the Jaguars. It feels like 100 years ago. Right. The Jaguars beat the Colts to start the season. So the Browns, as long as they keep handling the games, they should win. They will get to 10 and 6, maybe even better than 10 and 6 if they can steal one from the Titans or the Ravens. And uh, they, they should be bound for the playoffs. So th- this is not the time to stumble. They finally get a break from playing in bad weather. They're looking forward to going to Florida and actually having a dry, sunny day for a change. I think they should be really good, and I think they should win easily. 24-13, but it could get worse. Yeah, that, that, that's right. I mean, I have the same thoughts as well. Too. I mean, first off, Mike Glennon got respect for him as a backup. But come on, it's too hard to come in like this and just think you're going to you know, execute, move ball down the field, do all those type of things. You know, he's fortunate there'll be no Miles Garrett in the matchup, definitely. But, hey, Cleveland defense, they've got it together. Joe Woods, D coordinator there, came in from, coming from San Francisco. He's got them playing a lot better right now than early in the year where they were still making mistakes and getting gashed. So I have a hard time thinking Jacksonville is going to consistently move the ball on Cleveland all day long or do much there. And Jaguars defense, it's young. It's just not that good. And they're not really particularly good in any one area. And, and as we know, you know, Cleveland, once they get the run game going, it's tough to stop. And it's one of the best run games in football. I don't even care if you've got a great run defense. It's going to be tough to stop. So uh, from that aspect, yeah, I'm with you. I think the Browns kind of are asleep at the wheel a little. They win 27-17. to 17. That's a 10-point victory, which is a lot in the NFL. Uh, but, but either way, they win the football game and continue their march into the playoffs. All right, here we go. Carolina Panthers, big win last week. We don't know yet right now with Teddy Bridgewater where that's going to go. It was a game-time decision last week. I would figure we're going to get up to Friday or Saturday before we hear about it again, right, Mike? Um, but, or, 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 or until or, Sunday, 90 minutes before kickoff. Matt Rule is a master already at keeping that information close to the vest. I don't know that it matters. No. P.J. Walker or Teddy Bridgewater. I think Teddy would very much love to face the team that drafted him, the coach who drafted him, the yeah. coach who gave up on him. Remember that year, Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, all free agents. They let them all go away. They got Kirk Cousins. Right. It would be a great, inspiring, emotional matchup if he can play. I, I don't know how to feel about this one. You know, I think the Vikings are now more dangerous because they have lost, because they really are backed against the wall. I've got them winning 28-23, barely covering the spread. But I could see the Panthers winning this game. I could see this being the death blow to the Vikings' playoff chances if they if they let what happened last week affect them this week, just like they let the Seahawks game affect them the following week against the Falcons. Yeah, um, this is a tough one. It is, uh, you know, at, at 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 surface level, right away, I wanted to go. Oh, I think Minnesota will win this football game. You know, not easily. I thought, but then as I thought about it a little bit more. You know, and I don't even know if I said this. Vikings favored by four and a half, over under at 48 and a half. I might have left that off. Uh, that's what points bet's got it at right now. But with with this matchup, uh, it is very even. And what I look at with the Panthers, when they've played teams who, you know, are heavily unbalanced in one way, you know, play the run, they're a little bit predictable in what they do. Damn, they've been good on defense. It's a pretty good group. I think their defense, the scheme, and the players match up. I think they got enough big people and a good D line to slow down the run game. They got athletes, a middle linebacker who can, yes, slow down the run game, but stop the bootleg passes and things like that. You know, Minnesota's defense, as you know, not as dominant or as good as in years past. This offense with Joe Brady running it, I mean, it's Sean Payton and all of those things except it's got a little bit more of an explosive element maybe in the pass game because of the receivers and all that. I'm going to go with Carolina pulling off the upset here. This is one where, yeah, this is our first disagreement of the day. You know, like you said, you, you said you could, you think the Panthers this is an even matchup to me. I really think so. And I think Carolina will move the ball just enough and slow down Dalvin Cook and company just enough uh, to win this one. What did I have? A 23-20. I'm, I'm expecting a late field goal to win the football game, something like that. Yeah, I, I, I really could see this one go either way, and so much of it depends upon how the Vikings react to what happened last week. And Kyle Rudolph explained that to me. They have a problem when they get a big win 
a big emotional win or an emotional loss. They have a problem shrugging it off. This will be the first big test since the last emotional loss that they had. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing we didn't mention, you know, receivers are not a big part of the the Vikings attack, and they're not going to have one of them, or at least we think, right? Right now, do we not? We still don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Okay, either way, whether he's playing or not, I'm taking Carolina. If he's not playing, I feel a lot better about that. Okay, here we go. One of the intriguing matchups of the day. Yeah, I think the Patriots are probably out of the playoff picture. They're they're certainly just barely hanging on by a thread. But Arizona and Kyler Murray are coming to town. Two-and-a-half-point favorites at New England, over and under 49-and-a-half. Do you think that the Patriots can contain Kyler Murray and this Cardinals offense? I don't think they can. My concern is that Kyler Murray is injured, that they're lying about it, that they're embellishing it, that they're covering it up. Cliff Kingsbury said today they may have three quarterbacks on the active roster for Sunday. You know, Murray well, that tells has you that, a little. Right he, he has that shoulder. He has that arm. He says he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. I don't know how fine he is. I'm concerned that there's a chance he's not going to play. So what's going to happen is I'm going to pick them to win. He's not going to play, and they're going to lose. But I, I don't have the guts to guess that he won't play. I want to be optimistic here. I want to be glass half full. If they can't stop Deshaun Watson, they can't stop Kyler Murray. And the Cardinals are moving toward desperation time. They need these wins. If they want to get to the postseason, they should be able to beat the Patriots. The Patriots uh, are, are – I, I don't want to say it's done, but it's pretty close to being done. You lose to the Texans, it's done. Or it's – it's close to done. Yeah. And I think that, that uh, yeah, maybe they'll be desperate, but I just don't think there's anything they can do about it. I don't think they can corral Kyler Murray if he's healthy. And you know what? Even if his shoulder's messed up, he can still run the ball. You know, he doesn't have to throw the ball 40 yards down the field. Right. Throw it where you can. Run it where you can. I'm going to stick with my prediction. Okay. The Cardinals win this game by the score of 24-17. to 17. All right, good. So we'll have another disagreement here because I'm going to go with the Patriots 24-20. to 20. I don't feel like great about it. I mean, obviously, you're. I mean, you you said a lot of the right things. I mean, yeah, Deshaun Watson, the way he played last week. Now it's Kyler Murray. Okay, he's capable of those same things. But there's a little difference to me here within this. You know, first off, I think the Cardinals' offense is easier to break down than the Texans' offense right now, as far as the pass schemes, things they do. I think that gives a little bit of an advantage to the New England Patriots, as far as that is concerned, and. I don't think Kyler Murray's as good of a passer as Deshaun Watson. I don't. In fact, Murray has been a little underwhelming as a thrower the last few weeks. And, and you know, I, you've heard my theory. I, I think his motions change. I still think there's something with his elbow there. I'm going to ask him when the year's over, if we ever get to see him or something like that. And maybe he'll give us an honest answer. But because of that, and then, you know, the Cardinals – what they really want to get you to they they're they're best at when they get you in obvious passing situations and then they can do Vance Joseph exotic stuff with all their you know pass coverages and blitz and stuff like that but that doesn't matter against New England. New England doesn't give a damn. They're going to be like what it's third and 5. Hey, let's bring in another tackle and we're going to have a fullback and a tailback and Cam Newton and an extra lineman with two receivers. We might smash it in your face for six yards. We might throw a seven-yard completion. I don't know. I'm just going to play the matchup here and that New England will still fight with pride. Cam Newton, I do believe, is still fighting for something himself to prove he's a starter, to prove he's the guy in New England, all those. So, yeah, I I recognize Arizona's probably the better team. But in this matchup, I'm going to go with the Patriots to win 24-20. All right. Good. Good. There we go. You might be able to make up some ground. Or maybe I can get the broom out again. We'll, ne- we'll never know. We'll see. Uh, you know you can do with that broom. Yeah, shove it up where the sun don't shine. All right, here we go. <laughs> Miami Dolphins, favored by seven. Tua got benched at the end of the game last week. Jets over, uh, you know, at the Jets, I should, let me say that cleaner. Here we go. Miami Dolphins going to the New York Jets, favored by seven, over under at 44 and a half. Tua got benched at the end of last week. Dolphins didn't look great. We know the Jets stink. I know you're going with the Dolphins, but do you have them blowing them out or a close one? You know, there aren't many chances left for the Jets to avoid 0-16. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is incapable for the Jets. I'll take the Dolphins to get things on the right track, 27-13, to even if it means defense creating points, special teams creating points. I think they'll be able to do it. 
and and they won't hesitate to go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick if Tua isn't getting it done. This is good coaching by Brian Flores, given the the limitations of a growing quarterback, a young quarterback who still is kind of learning on the fly, didn't have the benefit of a preseason. I I, I took the Jets last week. I'm not going to do that one again. Not two <laughs> yeah, weeks in a row. Yeah, please. Dolphins 27, Jets 13. Yeah, um, it, 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 I mean, I'm taking the Dolphins as well. I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm going to take them to win 20 to 17 here. First off, yeah, what I saw from Tua last week scared me. You know, I made some videos on Instagram and things like that just to kind of point out some of the plays that might have led to Brian Flores feeling uncomfortable about Tua. You know, that, that, that you know, again, the formula didn't work. Bootleg screens, throw up a lob pass, one-on-one jump ball. You know, Denver didn't let – they weren't going to let that go down. They, they let it happen a little with a few jump balls, but that was it. And then this is where you get into Tua to go, I'm just not sure about this aspect of his game. I'd have a hard time thinking Greg Williams is going to get burned by the boots and the screens and things like that again. He's going to try to make Tua have to beat him in the pocket throwing the football. And, yeah, it's been three games, and he's still learning. I could say this. He doesn't look anything like Joe Burrow or Herbert did after two or three games. They were way farther advanced than what they were doing in the NFL compared to Tua. And, you know, receivers being healthy with the Jets, Sam Darnold may be back this week, right? I think there's a possibility. I'm going to say the Jets keep this close. They lose because they're just not good enough to find a way to win the football game. But I'm going to go Dolphins 20-17 to in a kind of an ugly hanging around type of game. All right, uh, that's it for the 1 o'clock Eastern games on Sunday. When we return, the late afternoon games, PFT Live, PFT PM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Verizon. We'll be right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. As your weekday lineup for the NBC Sports Channel on Peacock, the day begins with PFT Live. Dan Patrick Show, Rich Eisen, brother from another PFT PM. Safety blitz on Mondays, Chris Sims unbuttoned, Tuesday through Friday, Chia Pet hair not included. All right, let's get to the late afternoon games for the 12th Sunday of the 2020 season, Chris. All right, here we go. According to points bet, New Orleans favored by five and a half here. New Orleans on the road at the Denver Broncos, over under at 43 and a half. Taysom Hill experience was successful in week one. Does it continue in week two? I know you're very concerned about Fangio because he's a great defensive game planner and you think they can slow him down a little bit. How do you see this playing out, Michael? I am concerned about Fangio slowing down Taysom Hill, but I know that Sean Payton will be ready to go next level. He'll know what he needs to do. He'll know what has to happen. He'll counter whatever Fangio does. The Broncos got their win for the month over the Dolphins earlier this week. I, I hate to to denigrate what they did, I, I thought it was funny. And, and you know, we get into these discussions about the way that the team's social media accounts react, calling people out who had picked the Dolphins to beat the Broncos. Well, there's a reason for that. The Dolphins had won five in a row, and the Broncos hadn't been good. It's not some crazy hot take 
to think that the Dolphins were going to beat the Broncos. And this time around, the Saints should beat the Broncos. And I think the Saints will beat the Broncos handily. I've got 30-13. to 13. I think that the Saints are, are going to treat this, if they get a lead, kind of like a preseason game, pedal to the metal, score, 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 get your reps in, empty the playbook, get Taysom Hill more experience, either for next year or for later this year. So I, I think it's going to work well. For the Saints, I'm very impressed with what they did against the Falcons. I see more of the same from the defense, and I see more growth from the offense as Taysom Hill gets his second start. Chris, so 30 to 13 Saints. Yeah, I see it a lot of a lot the same way. I really do. I mean, the, the first thing, the the Saints, it's it just it's it's amazing. You know, they are truly like the poster child for we're just getting better. We're getting better. You know, we're not a finished product at week three or week five or whatever. But what is this, Mike? Four years in a row, we get right around week 11 or 12, and the Saints start to, you know, show that they're without a doubt one of the best teams in football. And their defense has been phenomenal. I mean, really, the last three games, and I could really even go to that Bears game, they were phenomenal in that game too, other than maybe two plays. But after that, wow, dominant up front, secondary, awesome. Dennis Allen's really got to figure out what he wants to do. I mean, they're, they're raring into Super Bowl form here. And then you said it, too. Hey, in a lot of ways, I think this Taysom Hill offense with Sean Payton at the helm designing things, it can be every bit as dangerous or more stressful than the Drew Brees offense from what I saw last week. And I think you're right. Fangio will have things to stop what he saw on film last week, but we don't know the whole Taysom Hill playbook. And Sean Payton's always the kind of guy that's, hey, I think they'll probably do this to us this week to stop what we did, so I'm going to have three or four screw-you ideas to stop them from stopping that. And I, I, I think there's a lot to play with here. And I think really the way he plays fits within their team. And it's tough to defend even though it's simple. you got to worry about the run game, him running the ball. Then there's the play action passes. Whoa, we're worried about the run. We're worried about him scrambling and running. And now Michael Thomas is down the field. Holy crap, that's a lot to defend. You know, in a lot of ways, they make you defend the whole field more with Taysom Hill than they do Drew Brees. And I'm not trying to disrespect Drew Brees there. I'm not. It just, it's just interesting to me. I'm going it's Saints. It's the truth. It it's is. not disrespectful. Right. It's the truth. I'm just going Saints 27-17 for the things, you know, we, all, we both said. And uh, the way the Saints are playing is, is very impressive right now. All right. All right. Go out to Cali. All right. We got the, the Shanahan-McVay matchup. There's always a little personal aspect to this. I love it because they're friends. They're both psychos. They're both, you know, the young geniuses in the league. So I always look forward to this. 49ers at Rams. Rams favored by seven, playing as good as anybody in football right now. Over under 45. Mike, Niners beat them last time. You think that can happen this time? No. Right. No, and the fact that the Niners won the last time makes it even less likely that it happens this time. The Rams are a much better team than the team that lost to the 49ers. And the Rams right now firing on all cylinders, balanced, complete, one of the best teams in the NFC. Right now I would say Rams-Saints on a collision course for the NFC Championship game. A lot of football to be played between now and then, including this game. But I think this game, the Rams win 27-17. to We see the short passing game that has been very effective. The run game is effective. The screens are effective. Robert Woods was the NFC's Offensive Player of the Week. This is an opportunity to get a little revenge. 27-17, Rams continue their push for a division title that I didn't think they would win this year. Maybe they will. Yeah, I mean, they, they certainly got a chance here, and you're right. They, they, they're they one of the teams in the NFC we look at to go, there's not many flaws. Maybe the, the only flaw or the thing we look at as a weakness is a little like what we saw from Jared Goff in the third quarter last week where you're just like, what? How do you make those mistakes? How do you do that? But either way, man, they're impressive, and I still have faith in Goff. Uh, the 49ers, I think, can keep it close and ugly because they have an understanding of the McVay scheme. They're very good that way. You know, they take away some of those boots and screens and things like that that make that offense so successful. But I think McVay will have some answers for what was done to him the first time around. And then you flip it around on the other side of the ball. You know, that first matchup, which was a 24-16 49ers win, that was a Kyle Shanahan special, all right? So, and what I mean by that is, hey, the first drive of the game, it still pops in my head. 
minus 20 air yards for Jimmy Garoppolo. Minus 20. He threw four passes five yards behind the line of scrimmage and had 70 yards passing at the end of the first drive because Shanahan attacked them with screens and different little ways that expose their schemes. The Rams will be ready for that this time. And I don't think you can have enough tricks, you know, to make up the difference this time. This is where I, you know, and the Rams playing a little different with Jalen Ramsey locking down on guys now and them doing other things like that. You know, from that aspect, I think it's kind of an ugly football game. But Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing. And I don't trust any of those quarterbacks for San Francisco other than him. So 24-16, I'm flipping the score around. I can almost see it being a similar type of game, just vice versa this time around, but I'm going the Rams nonetheless. Well, I know that your friend Kyle will be upset about that, but you have to follow your head, not your heart. That's right. Or your initials tattooed on your leg. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, let's move on from that subject. Here we go. All right, Kansas City Chiefs. It's Mahomes and Brady. This might be the final showdown. We don't know. Mahomes, Chiefs, favored by three and a half on the road against the Buccaneers. Tommy, the offense, who knows what the hell to think of it. Over under at 56, Mike. Are you going to pick the Bucs to upset the Chiefs? No, 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 no. Look, the Bucs don't have a primetime problem. They have a big game problem. They have lost... All their big games this year except one when they beat the Packers. They were down 10 nothing. Something snapped, and they got it done. Yeah. I don't see it happening. Short week with all this weird passive-aggressive, passive-aggressive right. Bruce Arians right. running for cover, blaming Tom Brady. I don't know if this is some funky way of coaching him up to get him to perform at a higher level this week. But, you know, you pointed out Monday night he didn't seem very upset. Maybe it's starting to set in on him that they just aren't good enough, that the team isn't good enough, and he shouldn't act like they're a team on the same level as the Patriots. Maybe there's no need to do the primal scream that he likes to do because it's not going to matter. They've seen their ceiling. It's the Saints. And... Now they've seen they have a ceiling with the Rams, although they still could have won that game. Yeah. It, 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 it didn't feel as close as a three-point game. No. I, I, I just think that, that uh, the Chiefs are going to go down there, and they are going to take care of business. They're going to want to prove it. Patrick Mahomes probably still seething about never getting a chance to get onto the field in the NFC or in the AFC, excuse me, championship game from 2018 because of the overtime rule that lets you walk off with a touchdown and it kept Mahomes on the on the sideline drinking Gatorade for the full overtime until the Patriots scored. I just think there's a lot of reasons to look at this as a Kansas City Chiefs romp. It will be full focus and attention, and I think the Chiefs are going to bring it on both sides of the ball. I've got them winning. Let me get. Well, you said romp. You got me perked up here. I don't. Uh, I I still don't like to pick blowouts. Yeah. I don't like to pick blowouts. I'm going to go 31-24. That's enough. That's enough to cover the spread. It could be worse than that. It could be a romp. I just don't like to pick it because then if it doesn't happen, you you have to deal with even more uh, blowback from the social media account of the team that you picked to lose. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, it's 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 not desperation for the Bucks, but it's one of those games where you go, if they lose, man, you're flirting with danger at seven and five, and then only four games left, and you know you look at it and go four games left. Well, you lose one more game, you, you could be in trouble. You know, ten and six, you feel safe. Nine and seven, you might need help. Things like that. The Chiefs' defense. You know, last week I know people are going to go, well, they struggled against the Raiders. The Raiders' offense is way more complete than the Bucks as far as what they do balance-wise. I'm not saying it's more talented than the Bucks in the pass game, but the Raiders have an unbelievable running attack, and that really scared Kansas City last week. You know, they had to respect that. That's not a, a part of this game with the Bucks. They seem reluctant to ever want to run the ball on anybody. And within that, you know, the Chiefs uh, – uh, They know how to break teams down when they throw the ball too much. They have a front four that can get to the quarterback just by the front four, and we saw that disrupted Brady last week. He's a little unwilling to want to throw the ball into really tight windows or hang in the the pocket and take a hit. That's the issue with him right now. He can still throw it. His mind still works great. It's those two things a little bit. It's like he's protecting his legacy, and he doesn't want to get beat up. But it's just impossible to pick against the Chiefs. 
You know, even when you go, ooh, this is a tough matchup for them, last week was a tough matchup. They still win. It doesn't really matter. And I just think between the playmakers on the offensive side of the ball and they have some balance and different ways they can be used, short passing game, a little run game, deep passing game, all that, I'm going with them too. 31-27, I gave the Bucks an extra field goal as compared to you, but feel the same way. You still got the Chiefs covering, though. Doesn't matter. Right. Three and a half. You got them covering. I got them so, covering. Uh, That's right. Yeah, I and, and I, I don't mind. If I'm wrong, if the Bucks win, then so be it. But it would go against everything that the Bucs have shown. Yeah, you'd be pissed off, weeks. right, if you were going, why would I have picked against Kansas City or Patrick Mahomes? That, that's one yep. of those that would drive you crazy Sunday night thinking, that was so stupid. So go ahead. All right, let's take a break. When we return, the primetime games for Sunday and Monday of Week 12. We'll do that next on PFT Live, PFT PM, and Christian's Unbutton, presented by Verizon. Time for the primetime games for week 12 presented by Verizon. And Chris, uh, let's get to it. You continue to drive the bus because you swept me last week. You got the broom out. That's fine. Woo, baby. The, the Sunday and Monday primetime games. Honk, honk. Shut up, Borio. You're not driving this one. Okay, here we go. Sunday night football extraordinaire. Dungy and Tarico on the call. All right. And we got Bears at Packers. I don't know who's starting a quarterback for the Bears. Packers are favored by eight and a half, over under 45 and a half. Bears defense, we know, it's the real deal. Um, Bears offense, we know, is the fake deal. So I don't know, and I don't know who's going to start. I'd like to see them go back to Mitchell Trubisky, even if Foles can play. What? what? Let's move on. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go, if you don't mind. I, I usually kick it off to you. But Go ahead. Go for it. They, 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 like. The Bears, they played it. They played Nick Foles because they thought, ooh, maybe he'll jumpstart our offense, and he's a little bit better of a pure passer, and he'll take care of the football. Okay, yeah, he's a little bit better of a pure passer, but I don't think it's to where I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's so significant. They got to stick with him. And taking care of the football, no, negative Ghost Rider. Hasn't been doing that. They can't create offense where I would want to just go, maybe Trubisky, some quarterback design runs, his ability to scramble. Hey, maybe that gives you just a little on offense. I don't know. Either way, I'm not picking them to win the football game. But I think because it's a division rival and the way how good this defense is, and I think they got a feel for Lafleur and the Packers, Like I think they can keep it ugly close. So I got them covering. I'm going to still go Packers, though, 23-17 on Sunday night. Yeah, wow. Uh, see, I, I, I was I thinking know. of this one for a best bet. I think the Packers, especially after losing this past week, this yeah. is the kind of game that, that – I'd like to think that the Packers will will handle them, but I still am bothered by the fact that Aaron Rodgers wasn't more bothered by what happened. So I don't know what's going on with the Packers. And they have notoriously started slowly at home this year. They don't have a crowd there. Uh, that That is going to be a factor, although I think I saw they're going to have 500 friends and family members. I don't know that that's going to make much of a difference. I've got Packers 24, Bears 13. This is the Bears' opportunity because if they would run the table, they'd win the division because they'd sweep the Packers along the way and make up the two-game gap. But I, I, I don't have faith in them winning one game, much less six games. Yeah, so uh, give me the Packers 24, Bears 13. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. And, you know, the, the, I wanted to mention this just before we move on to the next game too. Like, where's the Packers' run game gone? Where is that gone? It's, it's kind of Aaron Jones got hurt, and they've never really seemed to be able to, like, regain their form there. And to me, that's scary, too, against Chicago. You become pass. I don't care if you got Aaron Rodgers and a, a group of all-stars. You go all pass against Chicago, they're too good. That, that'll, that'll play into their hands. So uh, I guess I worried about that, but we both got them winning. And uh, let's go to Monday Night Football. We got the Battle of the Birds, right? The playoff game last year, Jadeveon Clowney did that over-flip headbutt to Carson Wentz, knocked him out of the game. I think Carson Wentz has been knocked out ever since, honestly. I mean, the way he's, the way he's been playing. Seahawks on the road, favored by five, over under at 50. I mean, there's no way you can pick Philadelphia. So how much do you have Seattle winning? I got 13. I think this is a line that is 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 too small. And I know that the Eagles have been close in some games, but I just feel like they're teetering toward the breaking point. They're either going to turn it around or they're going to collapse. Yeah. I feel like this isn't sustainable. Right At some point, the straw breaks the camel's back or the camel toughens up and the straws fly off and the camel runs to the playoffs. I, even though they're still in first place in the division, I just don't have faith in them this year. There's nothing that's going on. And this idea that, 
that they're sticking with Carson. They're sticking with Carson. They have to stick with Carson because they're financially tied to him through next year. I just feel like they're trapped, and it's going to get worse, not better. The walls are closing in. The Seahawks are going to win. They love coming to the East and playing these games. They have extra time to get ready because they go Thursday all the way to the following Monday. Seahawks 30, Eagles 17, maybe a best bet. We're going to do those coming up. But that's a little teaser for what's coming up in a few minutes. You may hear me pick the Seahawks as one of my best bets. I, I, I understand that. I mean, I, there's, there's that thought there. For me, too, it's one of the, na- the games I got starred. You know, I think what, what, what I boil this down to more than anything, and just to be simple about it, Seattle with Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson back, just the little bit of the emergence of that run game to where you have to defend it. The Eagles have had a little issue stopping the run as of late. It's not a very good run defense. And typically with them, that leads to them overcompensating, playing one-on-one. And they're just, this isn't the team you want to play one-on-one against. They're not going to be able to match against Seattle in that passing game when it comes down to that. I think that's just too much. Now, I can see maybe... Because the Seahawks can't play man coverage and a lot of theirs is blitz and blitz zone or we're faking the blitz and everybody drops out, it can be one of those games where maybe Carson Wentz, the dink and dunk, the dink and dunk, they can kind of hang around. But, you know, I'm with you. I mean, the Seahawks, I think they figured something out on defense last week in the Cardinals game with the run game back and – they still got Russell Wilson and company. I'm going 28-17 Seahawks. They win convincingly, and, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was more than that. I, w- I really wouldn't. So we'll see where that goes. But now it's best bets time. All right. You want to do it? We going? We're not going to a break or anything here. We're going right to best no, bets. No, we're not going to a break. We're going here we right go. to it. Go right ahead. To it. Go ahead. Give me your first best bet. You want me to go first? Or are you feeling nervous? No, I'll go first. Okay, good. I'll go first. I'm not feeling nervous. Why would I feel nervous? I'm beating you in best bets. I'm feeling good. <laughs> don't try to screw me up here. Don't try to don't try to disrupt my mojo. First pick, Cleveland. Take any NFL team against Mike Glennon. Cleveland. Given whatever it is. I don't even care what the spread is. I don't care what it moves to. Cleveland. Covering against the Jaguars. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I know. I, this is one I'm, I'm stuck with. All right. First one, I'm, gonna, I'm not sure where I'm going with my last one. First one I'm going to go with is the Saints. I'm going with the Saints over the Broncos. Yes, I just think, hey, the Broncos, I'm not a believer in their offense. I don't trust Drew Locke all the way. Saints defense, awesome. Taysom Hill advantage on that side of the ball. I just don't think... The, you know, I, I just see they cover the spread. It's five and a half. I think they'll win by 10 points. So that'll be my first one, Saints. All right, next one for me without question. And this probably should have been the first one because I like to go with the one about which I feel most comfortable early. Chiefs covering the spread against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Tom Brady, not comfortable. Bruce Arians throwing shade in a roundabout way. I like the Chiefs to win this one by at least seven, maybe more. Ooh, I had it starred. I don't think I can do it. I just don't think I can pull the trigger. I guess I'm just a little scared that it's like only a field goal game. Um, I don't know why I'm scared, really. I expect the Chiefs to win, but I can't do that one. I'm going to go to the Raiders. That's my next bet. Yeah, when I look at the Raiders at the Falcons, the balance of the Raiders' offense against a not very good defense of the you know the Atlanta Falcons. That Raiders' offense should be able to run and throw any way they want. Falcons' offense not very impressive. They can't run the ball well enough, I think, to scare the Raiders. They'll be able to play primarily pass defense. I feel comfortable there. I do. They're only favored by three. I got them winning by seven. I'm going with the Raiders as my second best bet. Mike, what's your third one? Yeah, I thought about the Raiders. I worry about them, though, just because of the possibility that the I know. deflating loss to the Chiefs sticks with them, and, and maybe they get upset. I don't know. I mean, I pick them to win. I pick them to cover, but I'm not going to make them a best bet. I'm going to go Monday night with Seattle. Five points just just feels like not enough. And, of course, I felt that last week with the Patriots giving two to the Texans, and the Texans won straight up. But uh, I'm going to ride that feeling again. I can't be wrong two straight weeks on a feeling like this. Can I? Maybe I can. We'll find out Monday night. See, if nothing else, I, I, I feel like I'm picking this game to have a reason to watch it because otherwise you get to the back end of Thanksgiving weekend, you look at Seahawks, Eagles, and you think, oh, God, why do I want to watch this? Now I want to watch it because it's one of my best bets. Wow. And, yeah, you're, you're 
three road favorites you're going with. And I've picked two road favorites, and the two I'm deciding on are road favorites. So Home field doesn't matter this no, year. No, it means nothing. You're exa- I don't even think about it anymore. I think nothing of it. Maybe when a West Coast team goes to East Coast and plays at 1 o'clock, but I really don't even think about that much anymore either. You're right. Apparently that- you didn't because you took the Raiders over the I, I know. I'm done with it. I don't give a damn anymore. So this is where I'm just I'm, – I think I'm going – I don't know why I'm scared of the Seahawks game just a little, that the Eagles somehow ugly keep it close and the Seahawks are just a little sleep at the wheel. I'm going to join you in Believeland, all right? I am. I'm going to Believeland, Cleveland. Uh, I, I just look at that with the Mike Glennon, the way that defense plays, the way Cleveland can run the ball, all of those things. I think that's just too much. It might not be pretty, but I think slowly but surely the Browns will wear them down and cover the spread. So that is my third best bet. We got what? One agreement there? We got one agreement. We one usually ag- have at least one overlap. Yes, a- we do. A- at least one. At least. This week we have exactly one. I I really like the Chiefs, though. I'm surprised you didn't make them one of yours. But, uh, look, a lot of road favorites this week. We picked a lot of road teams. Again, we only disagree on two of the games straight up. There are some other variances as it relates to the spread. And we'll see what happens. It's going to be a fun, fun weekend of football. Can't wait. we get closer and closer to the postseason. And we've got our fingers and toes crossed that the NFL will continue to get the games in. Please, let's hope they do what they need to do to get the games in so we can enjoy the rest of the regular season, all the postseason, culminating in the Super Bowl. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Enjoy the games. Thanks for some of your time. We'll see you back here bright and early on Monday morning for another edition of PFT Live. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.